Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 1. The Bible says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any vows and mercies fulfill you my joy, that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for all these young people that have come out to the activity, Lord. <clears throat> God, we pray that you would just take control of this time. Um, God, especially during the preaching here, we pray that you would work on our hearts, Lord. God, we need to grow. We need to be more like you. God, all of us, we're weak in certain areas. God, we need to improve those things. We pray you would show us what those are tonight. And God, that you would help us to make steps closer to you tonight. I pray you would please do that for each one of us, Lord. And God, I pray you would speak to the needs of every person tonight, Lord. We pray that you would help us to hear your voice through the preaching loudly and clearly, Lord. And God, that you would help us to um, be more like you as a result of it. I pray that you would give me the right words and thoughts and spirit. Um, God, just help us to be clear and to the point. And God, help it to help these young people, to help all of us, Lord. God, we all need to improve and to get closer to you. So I pray you'd please help us with that. We've got to have your touch. God, we cannot do this without you. So I pray that you would do the work, do the spiritual surgery on the inside, Lord. And God, that our lives would reflect the difference that you've made in our lives, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. We love you. We thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you guys for standing. <clears throat> Philippians is a really interesting book, guys. Paul is writing this book from jail. That doesn't happen too much. And you know the topic that he mainly covers in the book of Philippians is the subject or the topic of joy. Again, that doesn't happen very much. For somebody to write a letter from jail, okay, they'll probably be like, I didn't do it. I'm in this thing. Get me out of here. You know, that's usually what people are going to write. But to write on joy from a place like that, that doesn't really go together. But listen, joy, just so you guys know, joy is not based on what happens around you. Joy is based on your relationship and your walk with God, which can always be strong no matter what's going on around you. Listen, hap happiness goes along with what is happening in your life, the happenstances of life. If things are happening good in your life, then you're happy. If they're not happening good for you, then you're not happy. Happiness goes like this. Joy should be steady. Mm -hmm. In our lives, do we have that? You know, you can look in your own life and say, do I have the joy of the Lord in my life? You know how you can tell when things start to go negative and go south on you? Do you still have that settled joy? You may not be happy with what's going on around, but do you have a strong walk with God? Mm -hmm. Guys, that is key. Can I tell you that's key for teenagers? That that's key for adults. Any stage of life, we need that because we can't, if things are great for you right now, good for you, but you know what? It's not going to last. You're like, Brother Tom, you just, you know, uh, burst my bubble. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And if things are negative for you, then hopefully some things will improve, but we can't base our life off of what's happening good or bad around us. We need to base it off of our walk with God, our relationship with God. So Paul's writing this from jail and why is he there? Because of his stand for Christ. The culture was against him standing for Christ. He's writing to this church at Philippi. These guys were doing good. This church was doing well. They were supporting him. They were trying to get the word out. They were trying to live for the Lord. They were doing good in a lot of areas. But I want you to focus in with me these two verses that we read. He's saying, if there be any consolation in Christ, I'll explain some of these things later. Consolation in Christ, comfort of love, fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. He's saying, guys, you're doing good, but in verse number one, it kind of gives me the thought that they're not 
fully experiencing the joy that they should have in their lives. They're doing pretty good, but something's kind of hindering them. Something's kind of holding them back. Something's kind of uh, pulling them back from what they truly should be. Listen, I think for most of you in the room, you're trying to live right. And thank God for that. That's a great desire that you have. And some of you have made steps closer to God and praise God for that. But could I tell you, maybe, just maybe for some of us, something's kind of holding us back. Something's kind of, maybe we're still overall pretty good Christians, but something's kind of hindering us and an obstacle from what we could be. For this church, he nails on verse number two. And basically what he's saying, you're not uh, getting the full effect of this Christian life. And verse number two, let me read it. And then somebody try to put the pieces together. What do you think he's telling them? It's kind of repetitive, but he says, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, have the same love, be of one accord, one mind. What is he saying? Can somebody put those pieces together? What is Paul basically saying to them? Maybe I should start the Jeopardy music again. Okay. You see, he says, be like-minded, have the same love, be of one accord, of one mind. What do you think? Any thoughts? Apparently not. All right. <laughs> Chris, you got something? Uh, like, be steady. Okay. Yeah, I think that's on the right track. You know what I think he's mainly talking about? Verse number two, he's talking about unity. Okay? He's saying, he says, be like-minded. <laughs> he says, we need to be on the same page here. We need to have the same love. We need to have be of one accord, like all together here and of one mind. He says, we need to get together on this thing. Um, get on the same page. But as soon as we say that, you know what people start thinking? So what does that mean? Does that mean Ethan needs to be more like me or I need to be more like him? And we start measuring against each other. Can I tell you, that's not what he's dealing with. He's saying, guys, you're doing pretty good, but I think there's more. I think there's more left in the tank. I, th- I don't think you're experiencing the full effects of the Christian life that you should. And you know what's holding you back? You're kind of going in different directions. You're kind of in disarray. One person's really doing this, and then the other person's way over here. He says, you need to get together. But it's not this side needs to get like that side, and that side needs to get like this side. You know what it's about? We all... We all need to be more like Christ. That's the page we need to be on. Listen, it's not about me being more like George or George being more like me. It's about both of us being more like Christ. Guys, when we talk about unity, that's what we're talking about. It needs to be centered on the word of God. It needs to be centered on Christ himself. We need to be more like him. That's the unity that we need to be about. Listen, every single person in the room right now, you need to be more like Christ. We all do. And listen, we all have room to grow in in those areas. You may have been coming to church your whole life. You may have done a lot of good things, but we can all become more like him. We can all grow. So he says, let's get on the same page. And again, it's not, I need to be more like somebody else or vice versa. It's that I need to be more like Christ. And when we talk about unity, I'll jump into it after this. When we talk about unity, that does not mean we compromise. You know what we need to be unified on? The truth. We need to be unified on who Jesus is and what he did for us. It's not that we need to just get along with people and sacrifice what's true. That's the opposite of unity. So it's not compromise, it's Christ-likeness. You guys understand that? Mm -hmm. Unity is about being like Christ, okay? And all of us need to do that. It's not that I need to measure myself against him and he needs to measure himself against me. It's that both of us need to say, you know what, I need to be more like the Lord. I need to treat people more like the Lord. I need to care for people more like the Lord. I need to sacrifice for people more like the Lord. I need to be more like him. Can I just say on a side note, 
never stray too far from reading the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Never stray too far from there. Why? Because you see Jesus Christ in action. You see him every day. Hey, that's who we're supposed to be like. Young ladies, that's who you're supposed to be like. Young men, that's who you're supposed to be like. Every day. Every day. So let's follow his example. So I want to preach to you about let's get on the same page. What does it mean to get on the same page? A um, couple things about this jumping in, first of all. I've already kind of alluded to this, but point number one, the effect was hindered. He's saying in verses one and two, you're doing pretty good, but there's a little bit more there. There's something more that you can reach. There's something more that you can experience, but something's holding you back. You know what I think was holding them back? There was some selfishness going on. Again, they're not bad people. Overall, they're doing really well, but there was some selfishness. There was some pride. There was some, let me get mine. Let me, let me do it for me. Let me be all about me. Even though I'm doing some good things, my motives are wrong. And that's what he's nailing on here. He's saying the effect has been hindered. Hey, guys, in your life, has the effect been hindered? Hey, I'm not calling you a terrible person, but is there more, perhaps, in your Christian life that you could experience if you would be more submissive, more selfless? Hey, guys, I get it. Hey, and sometimes we joke around and have fun and all this. But listen, let's watch it that those jokes don't have a, a thread of truth to them, that it really is some venom coming out. You ever hear somebody say something, you're like, whoa. You know, I think they meant that, you know, like they're trying to hurt somebody with that statement. Let's be careful of that stuff. I'm not saying we don't joke around. We don't have fun. I think it's all good. But let's make sure our motives are just having fun and playing around and nothing serious that you're really trying to hurt somebody. OK. The effect was hindered. He's saying, listen, all these benefits that you're getting from the Christian life, you tasted it at salvation. You you began to learn how Christ treats us and how he uh, uh, cares for us on a daily basis. Um but something's holding you back. And he's saying, we need to get in step together. You know what this church needs? You know what Woodlawn needs? We all need to be more like Jesus. We need to strive for that. We need to strive for that all the time. So the effect was hindered in their life. All right, so let's get on the same page. How do we do it? We got to realize that there's a problem. The effect has been hindered. Point number two, I want to show you that you need to esteem others highly. Verses three and four. This really gets down to it. Okay, verses three and four. The Bible says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. We need to esteem others highly. Can I tell you, this is not natural to us. Naturally, we're selfish. Naturally, we only care about us. Naturally, we only look out for ourselves. You know what God wants us? Listen, if we want to get on the same page, which means to be more like Christ. You know a step that all of us can make? We need to esteem others highly. We need to, like this verse says, esteem others better than yourself. Esteem them highly. He says in the beginning of verse number three, guys, this is really strong. He says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Nothing. He says, everything you do. Christine's here, huh? Hey, hey. <laughs> no hating, no hating. Good to see you, Christine. Glad you made it. We're in Philippians 2. He says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Guys, he says, let nothing in your life. Don't let anything be done out of strife, out of selfishness, out of just trying to get your own, out of trying to put others down. This verse here, let me teach you something. In verse number three, he's saying, let nothing be done through strife. If you were to look this word up, you know what it means? It means something called electioneering. I didn't know what that was. Electioneering. When you go to vote, when you guys get older and go to vote, 
you're going to walk into a building and they have everything set up for you to vote. But before you get in the building, there's going to be people advocating for that particular candidate. Mm-hmm. You know what they do when you're walking by? I'm like, don't talk to me. Don't mess with me. I just want to get in there and do my thing. They're like, are you going to vote for them? I'm like trying to ignore them. I don't hear you, you know. And they say, no, no, he's good on this issue. You need to follow him. And they're like pestering you as you're walking into the building. That's annoying to me. All right. I'm like, leave me alone. I already got my mind made up who I'm voting for. And it's probably not the person you're yelling at me with. All right. But that's what's called electioneering. You know what electioneering is? We're going to come up on the election next year. Oh boy, aren't we all excited? All right, listen, you know what electioneering is? You're trying to make other people look bad so you look good. You're trying to push other people down so you push yourself up. Hey guys, do you do that? Hey, let's, listen, this, is, this gets down to the issues of our life. You know what God wants us, if we're going to be more like Jesus, if we're going to get on the same page, which is being more like Christ, we need to esteem others highly. Do you ever think about what other people go through? Do you ever think about what their background is. Do you ever think about what they go through day in and day out? Sometimes we don't. We're trying to push other people down so we can make ourselves look good. That's not what God wants us to be. He says, let's get that out of our lives. He says, let nothing be done through strife, which, like I said, is electioneering and then vainglory. You know what that is? Empty, empty credit, empty glory. You want to be lifted up in people's eyes. Can I tell you, what does that mean? Nothing. I want to be somebody. Who cares? God knows who we really are on the inside. He says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Instead, we need to have lowliness of mind and esteem others better than ourselves. That we need to esteem everyone around us better than us. Again, that's not natural. How do we do that? Verse number four, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Now, guys, that does not mean you're looking at, they got something else new. Are they buying new stuff every week? That's not what it's talking about. You know what it's talking about? Their needs. Their concerns, their worries. You care more about theirs than you do your own. Whew. And you'd be like, Brother Tom, this, you weren't supposed to preach so hard. It's a Friday activity. <laughs> Come on, man. Can we get to the movie? No, this is where our Christian lives need to get better. Because yeah. listen, guys, I'm not against any one of you. I'm not trying to pound you down to make myself look better. I'm not trying to do that. All right? Listen, but listen, it's great if you have talent and you use it for God. That's great. But you know what? This stuff is dealing with character. Mm-hmm. And before we're showing off our talents, we need to make sure our characters are right with God. It's not about what people think of you publicly. It's what about it's 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 what God knows about you privately, personally. That's the, that's the Christian life. Listen, it's not about how well I preach. It's whether I'm right with God in my heart. It's not about how great some of you guys can preach for your five minute message or ladies for you to sing. That's all fine and good. You're you're worshiping and praising God, but do you have the right character on the inside. He says, look not every man on his own things, but every man on things of others. Do we ever have the mindset, man, when I show up to school this week, man, I wonder who I can help. I wonder who I can pray for. I wonder who I can uh, put my arm around them and say, hey, you okay? Maybe they need encouragement. Mm-hmm. But you know what? And I'm not slapping you around. Hey, I, I have the same struggles in my life. But a lot of times what we worry about, we walk in and it's just how I feel, what I'm going through. I'm not happy because this happened to me. Instead of thinking about others around us. Mm-hmm. We want to get on the same page. We want to be more like Christ. Let's realize something is hindering our growth for God. And we need to esteem others highly. Point number three. Let's look at our example of humility. This is verses five through eight. I'm not going to dive deeply in this. You know who our greatest example of humility is? Christ. Mm-hmm. You want to be more like Christ? Be humble. Our world says, if you don't talk yourself up, nobody else will. 
You know, if you don't, if you don't um, tell others how great you are, nobody else will. Guys, can I tell you that's completely opposite of what God wants us to be. You know what? You say, well, oh, well, well Tom, I want to grow and I want to do great things for God and I want to make an effect. Can I tell you, if you care about other people growing for God, you'll grow yourself. If you care about encouraging other people, you'll be naturally encouraged. That's the way serving God works. Our example of humility. Let's read these verses. Verse number five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind? A humble mind. Verse number six. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What all that's saying is Jesus is God. It wasn't some ripoff when he claimed to be God because he is God. But verse number seven, made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. That's our example of humility. He was a servant. He was selfless. He submitted to the will of the father and he sacrificed himself. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Hey, if Jesus came just to show off, if Jesus just came to be worshipped, he never would have died on the cross. He deserves to be worshipped. We're going to get into that in a moment. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is uh, God of all gods. He, he is God Almighty. But he humbled himself. He's our example of humility. Do we want to be more like Jesus? I hope so. That should be what we all strive for, what we all shoot for. But sometimes we want to look good in people's eyes, and to do that, we push other people down so that I can stand above them. Can I tell you, you may look good to the people around you. You're not looking good to God, though. He wants us to be humble. He wants us to be humble. Hey, when's the last time we flipped that around and say, Martin, I wonder who I can lift up. I wonder who I can encourage. Guys, we don't know. We don't know. Sometimes people are going through really, really hard things in their life, and then they show up and we make fun of them. Again, I'm not saying joking is wrong. Again, I have fun with all that stuff. But we better watch ourselves. We better make sure we're close to God so that those things are not pushing them farther away. The example of humility. And then um, verses 9 through 11, the exclusive honor. Listen, at the end of verse 8, it talked about how Jesus died. And then he died the worst possible death, right? The death of the cross that was cruel and horrible and terrible what he had to go through. Can I tell you the story does not end like that? Verse number nine, the exclusive honor. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hey, don't get it mistaken. Yes, Jesus humbled himself, but he is God. Okay. Yes, he lowered himself for a while so that he could ultimately die on the cross. But let me remind you, you may be discouraged. Things may are around you. You're trying to do right. And it seems like it's making no effect. seems like nobody cares. seems like you want people to come to church and they don't come. You want people to change and they don't change. And we get discouraged. Can I remind you, this is the conclusion. Listen, you say, what is? That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's how it's going to end, guys. We may be discouraged. We may be in a valley in our life right now and think, George, what am I doing, man? My life is hard. I feel like I'm trying to do right, but nothing's coming of it. And you get discouraged. Can I remind you, this is how the story will end. That Jesus Christ is lifted up and everybody will submit and worship him. That's how it's going to end. Stay encouraged, guys. Stay encouraged. I know the world is wicked, but Jesus is still God. 
Okay? I know it's bad out there, but Jesus is still good. Okay? Don't lose sight of those things in your life. The story does not end with him dying and, and in the grave. He arose from the dead. He's raised up to the right hand of the Father, and he rules and he reigns. And can I remind you, this is certain. You can be confident in this. Now, one thing with me that I've struggled with over time is that sometimes when I try to give a track out and people reject it and deny it, Ethan, that doesn't feel too good. You know, I don't walk away from that. Bless God, I was persecuted for righteousness sake. I'm over here like, oh, it's embarrassing. You know, it doesn't feel good. Can I tell you, it's helped me to think of this passage right here. When they say no, I don't say it. I don't say this out loud to them. But in my mind, when they say no, I don't want any part of that. You know what I say in my mind? One day you will. Mm-hmm. Where do I get that from? Verses 10 and 11. Mm-hmm. One day every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. George, they may not want the track now, but they, they will one day. Mm-hmm. Now, sadly, it will be too late for them. But they will one day. Hey, they can, they can curse Jesus now and want nothing to do with him now. One day they'll wish they had that opportunity back. Don't, for, don't lose sight of that, guys. Do not lose sight of that in your life. You say people make fun of the Lord. One day they won't. It'll all be over at that point. It's the conclusion that's coming. It's certain and we can be confident and nobody can stop it. And notice this, verse number 10. It says that at the name of Jesus, what's that next word? Every knee is going to bow. People, I would never. Oh, no, you will that day. Yeah. I would. I, I, I remember we were doing one of those gospel blitz things last year. <laughs> the first door I had like the whole street to do. It was raining, you know, and then I get out. It finally lightened up a little bit. And I'm like, OK, I can do it now. First house I go to. First house I go to. Excuse me, sir. We wanted to give you this packet from our church. What kind of church is it? And I explained. He said, I don't serve no Jesus. First house, you know, that's really uplifting. Like, yeah, I'm ready for the rest of the street. I'm like deflated, like, you guys. Like, you know what? One day he will. One day he will. And we've got to be strong and be bold on that. Listen, the world mocks Jesus. Listen, one day that won't happen. <laughs> Listen, he will be on top. He will be conquering. He will have the victory at that time. And it says every knee's going to bow. Listen, the atheist is going to bow. The people that hate God are going to bow. The sinful, wicked people are going to bow. Every single one. Every knee is going to touch the ground and says every tongue will confess. It's comprehensive. Every single one. You think of the person right now in your life that is the most resistant against God, the hardest against God. One day their knee is going to hit the floor and their tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's going to happen. And that'll be the culmination. You know what the culmination is? That Christ is worshiped and that God is glorified. You know what? We don't have to wait till that day to let our knees hit the ground to worship him. And we don't have to wait till that day to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why don't we go ahead and start it now? Listen, that's what church is about, but we don't just have to confine it to church. We can do that in our lives all the time. Listen, he is on top. He is king. He is God. He is everything. Listen, do we treat him like that every day? We can start right now. We don't have to wait till that day. And one last thing I want to quickly throw at you guys with this. So we talked about the effect was hindered. They, ha- they were doing good, but something was holding them back. It was a little selfishness, a little pride. He's saying you need to esteem others highly. Think of other people better than yourself. The example of humility is Christ, the exclusive honor. One day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. And can I tell you, um, 
there's evidence whether we have humility or not. Um, I'll just be real quick with this. I'll get you guys, we'll finish up with this. But in verse 12 and 14, I want to point these things out. Verse number 12, again, he's writing to this church. He says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. You see that? Can I tell you that's an evidence whether you have humility or not? How do you live when your leaders are not around? Your spiritual leaders are not around? That's a good test. You want to run a test on yourself and say, where am I really at? Listen, if your language changes when your spiritual leaders are around, uh, number one, you're not pleasing God, but you're not practicing this humility and this selfless Christian life in your heart. You're not living sincerely. Does your, does your behavior change? Hey, let's be honest. Some people, if, if you're with this group of people, you would never let a certain song play from your phone or you would never show a video uh, that has certain things on it. But as soon as you go home, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Hey, we should live to please God all the time. All the time. So do you obey him we, even when your spiritual leaders are not around? He's saying you've obeyed Christ more, it seems, when I'm not there than when I am there. He's not getting on them. He's just saying, commending them, saying you're doing a great job. And then... Probably the most disobeyed verse in the Bible, verse number 14, do all things without murmurings and disputings. Again, you're like, brother Tom, you are busting me up tonight. Come on, man. I'm bleeding over here. Listen, probably the most disobeyed verse in the Bible, do all things, right, without murmurings and disputings. You know what I was talking about? Complaining. Can I tell you if you're always complaining, you're not humble. Can I tell you if you're always complaining, you're not selfless. And I'm not trying to slap you around, but if you're always complaining, You're not like Christ, and neither am I if I do it. And I get it. Do we always like the thing that happens? The things that happen in our life? No, we don't. But you know what? We need to say, Lord, you're trying to work these things together for good. And Lord, help me to react and respond the right way. You say, how do I know if I'm growing closer to the Lord, if I'm becoming more like him? How's your obedience when your leaders aren't around? And number two, is there complaining coming out of your mouth? Hey, guys, these are things we need to work on. You know what? We need to get on the same page. We need to get on the same page. You say, so what does that mean? I need to get more like you? No. You need to get more like me? No. We need, oh, 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 I get it. I get it. Woodlawn, we need to become more like that other church. Mm-mm. They need to become more like that? No. All of us need to become more like Christ. That's how we get on the same page. How are you doing with that? Are you humble? Are you selfless? Do you Are you following the example of Christ who's who was humble, who submitted himself, who was sacrificial. And don't get it mistaken, guys. The world may curse him now, but they're going to confess him as Lord one day. They may turn their back on him today. One day their knees hitting the floor because they're going to worship him and say, he is Lord, he is God. Listen, we don't have to wait for that day. We can start right now. Let's bow our hand, close our eyes.